2: Hey,
1: imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use visit spreaker.com forward slash adhub that's s-p-r-e-a-k-e-r.com forward slash adhub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way
0: podcast, where we are previewing the Wofford versus Liverpool game this coming Saturday. On with us tonight, we have the usual red, Jay Riley from the Radio City Fan Friday talk show and representation from Wofford. We have Mike Parkin from the Rookery End Wofford podcast. Obviously, I'm Graham Kelly. I'm filling in for Peter Phillips this week and this week only. He'll be back with you next week. Um, I'm going to get straight into it, lads, and just review you know the, the international break. And I'll start with, obviously, the red. Um, Jay, what do you make of the international break? You know, looking at injuries and, and how our players got on while they were away.
2: Well, it's never a good time, is it, international break? Because, you know, it's, you want the real football to be there, don't you? you know, the Premier League, the, you know, the Champions League as well. So, it's normally frustrating, really. But, you know, all things considered, it's quite good for the likes of Wijnaldum and Van Dyke because... They had, uh, you know, a couple of great games, didn't they, for Holland and they got through to that UEFA Nations semi-final, didn't they, a great result. Both scored as
0: well?
2: Yeah, they both scored in, in the games, like they scored goals and Van Dyke scored the crucial one, didn't he? You know, a captain popping up and scoring so late on to take them through and, you know, other than that, I mean, Joe Gomez performed well for England, didn't he, as well and we had a little bit of an injury scare with Jordan Henderson because he had to pull out of the game against Croatia but... He, he, I believe he's fine, isn't he? He's trained at Melwood. So, you know, he's he's all good to go, isn't he, for the Wofford game and you know, it's it's like anything else, isn't it? I mean, it just, just disrupts the season a little bit and you know, we were talking about the Fulham game last time we played and it was you know, it was important to get the three points and you know, the manner of how we done it, it wasn't a great performance. But, you know, you look at it thinking if Liverpool would have been Fulham five nil, there wouldn't have be been any momentum anyway, would they, because of the international break. So like I say, it just disrupts your season a little bit and you know, it's good now that the, the real football, like I, I tend to call it, is back and we haven't got another break now until I think it's March time. So it's all focused now on the Premier League and heading towards the festive period and hoping and praying that we can just stay in this in this title challenge really with Man City because you know they're a little bit of a freak side, aren't they? So, you know, it's important times coming up now and we just have to keep track of of City really and just keep on winning.
0: Yeah, you know, looking at Holland and they've had a bit of a renaissance lately. You know, they beat France and drew with Germany, drew Belgium and stuff, um, and and um, they've had some really good results. And obviously Van Dyke being their captain, you know, uh, it, the volley he scored, you know, was, any striker would be proud of it in the last minute to take his team into the finals. Really, um, is he the best centre half in the world, Jay? In your opinion?
2: Well. 100% he's the best centre-half in the Premier League, you know, it's a shadow of a doubt, I mean, you only have to look at the stats since Liverpool signed him I mean, I think we've kept 14 clean sheets in 31 32 games or something like that, is it? And, you know he's, he, he is a Rolls Royce of a centre-half I mean, he just wins everything doesn't he? He's a leader, everyone that plays alongside, I mean, Dejan Lovren he's, we all know he's not the greatest centre-half, but he actually looked good last season playing alongside Van Dijk and We've seen this season, haven't we, with Joe Gomez? I mean, by trade, when Liverpool signed him from Charlton as a kid, he, he was obviously he was good. He was a centre half, but he's been played left back. He's been played right back, and all of a sudden now he's been given his opportunity to play centre half. And you know, it's a massive help when you've got someone like Van Dijk alongside you, isn't it? And you know, he, he's he's been sensational again this season. And you know, like I say, we've conceded five goals all season in, in twelve Premier League games. He's a man-mountain, isn't he? And, and now he's become the captain of Holland and he's leading by example, isn't he, for his country. You know, obviously he's he's got the armband for them and he's scoring goals. He's, he scored a crucial goal there the other night, didn't he, for them? And you know, let's hope he could start scoring a few more for Liverpool because, you know, ironically, he scored on his debut against Everton in the Merseyside side derby in the cup game, didn't he? And then he hasn't scored the goal since. But in terms of being the best in the world, I mean... It's probably close, isn't it? I mean, he's probably in the top two or three, isn't he, in Europe? I mean, he did get to the Champions League final last season and people will say Varane's probably the best because he played for Real Madrid, who won the Champions League, and then he also played for France, who won the World Cup. So it's difficult to say that he's better than him because, you know, obviously of what he achieved. But you would have to sometimes look at the players around you. And The national team, France, have got so many great players and Holland are a little bit of a in progress, aren't they? But... Like I say, Virgil Van Dijk is, is an absolute man mountain, and no one really talks about the price tag. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but seventy five million pounds one of the biggest bargains in world football, really, because he's just that important to the team.
0: Yeah, it's one of them whereby uh, you know I see him, I, I see him coming into the Liverpool side, and even though you know you look at Salah last season, what he scored, and he was such an impactful player, um, I still think that he's had more of an impact on us. And he's made so many other players play so much better. Um, you know, I don't know what 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 you think of that. Whether you know, I always go on with the lads. What what who's the player the least like to least like to lose in the in the whole of the the squad? Um, and I think Van Dijk's the one. And then it comes down to people like Salah and Firmino and things like that.
2: Well, yeah, I think um, I'd have to agree. I think he's that important to us because when you analyze it this season the attack and prowess of Salah and Firmino and Mane, they haven't been quite on it, as they were last season, scoring goals for fun. Whereas this season, we've been a little bit more solidified at the back, haven't we? We haven't been conceding Mm. goals. And obviously Van Dijk's been the main man at the back, hasn't he? I mean, touched on before doing the podcast, Joe Gomez has been fantastic this season as well. But, you know, Van Dijk's been doing it since he signed for the club back in January time, you know, the back end of last season and all of this season as well. So, you know, obviously the goalkeeper's great as well. alisson has been fantastic, but I think, you know, the main man, if he if he was to get injured, Van Zyke, then you'd be struggling really, because I don't really think much of Matter, but don't really think much of Dejan Lover and, and Joe Gomez is only really young, isn't he? And yeah, I think he'd do really well for us in the absence of Van Dyke if he was to be injured or suspended any time. But like I say, he's the main man van Zyke and he should be captain.
0: Mm-hmm. I, um, just one last point before we move over to Mike. It was, I think, it was great to see you know um, Salah score that last minute goal for Egypt. And when he you know ran off and took his top off and stuff. He hasn't got them the the sort of plasters on his shoulder anymore, and he seemed to be moving more freely. And you know, um, I, I think we've seen that. We'll review it in a minute, but we've seen a follow me. He seemed a lot more. Um, he seemed like the old Salah than he? he seemed a bit more robust and up for up for the fight.
2: Well, yeah, I think with Salah, he struggled at the start of the season and a few of us did say, I think it's still concerning him, the injury that he got in the Champions League final because... He was rushed back, wasn't he, for the World Cup with Egypt and I can understand because it's the first time they've been in the tournament for such a long time and he's the star man so it's to be expected really but I think it did have a knock-on effect to his pre-season and in the start of the season for Liverpool, a campaign the first couple of months he wasn't really himself, he still scored a few goals but it wasn't the salad that we've seen of last season. Now, since the last international break, so you're talking four or five weeks, he scored quite a lot of goals really to be fair to him and You know, you can tell he's getting a little bit better. He's getting back to the way he was last season. And it's all about, you know, taking your chances. It's a composure in front of goal, but it's also the danger to the opposition because I thought at times he was a little bit weary of the contact with the centre-halves coming in behind him and, you know, his touch was off a little bit and obviously the injury playing on his mind. But now... Hopefully, I mean, obviously, fantastic that he, he scored the goal for Egypt, and hopefully that'll give him a little bit more confidence going into this busy period that we've got now in the Premier League.
0: No, definitely, and you know, I think the more you know, we've had literally hardly no injuries coming back, and um, and we can go at Watford with a with a full squad. Now, over to yourself, Mike. It's a bit different with, I, I, and this is what I'm going to ask: Is it a bit different in the north? We don't really, um, well, a lot of us don't really. Um, identify with the England national team. It, you know, we, we, a lot of us feel really disenfranchised. I don't. Uh, you know, I honestly didn't know. Um, I think they played on Friday. I didn't know till literally six, seven o'clock that they were playing or something. Um, it's not something that I um, invest myself in, and a lot of Liverpool fans don't. Is it different for for South fans based down south, and you
1: know, particularly Watford fans? I don't think so, to be honest, fellas. I mean, I think okay, okay, that's ruined it. That's <laughs> <laughs> I know where you. Go. I know where you're getting. I think it's probably, uh, and I don't want to put my own club down here, but it's. I was just thinking as you were talking there about your guys up on, on international duty, and it's a rare thing for us as as Watford supporters. Now we're starting to worry about the international break the same way you guys do this same way United, City, Arsenal fans do, with their players disappearing off around the world um, and, and taking part in that international break. So as Watford supporters, that's, we've got an eye on our players. We'd rather it didn't happen because we don't want them coming back injured. So we're starting to understand what, what it was like. But I think it's definitely a, a big club smaller club divide, I think, if you like, when it comes to international football for for that reason, I think. Um but you know, you guys are worried about your players not getting injured and and for the likes of Watford historically it hasn't been an issue. So but I think the other thing about England as well is just it's just been so painful to watch them for what, twenty years really, hasn't it? It's been there's been no joy in it. And it's not, you know, we all know that you take the rough with the smooth, but there's there's rough and there's rough and England have been a a, have been a tough watch, haven't they? So I, to be honest, I'm with you. I'm I'm starting to get in, I'm starting to get interested again because, because I like Gareth Southgate. I think he, I like what he's doing. I like what he's he's forging. And I think the FA they've got some good people in there. I think the comms guys and the media guys seem to understand what what the public want, what the football watching public want. And I think they're getting that product if you like right. Um, but yeah, for me, I, I, I echo exactly what you say. It's great to get back to the real stuff this weekend, even if it uh, means we do have to play Liverpool.
0: <laughs> yeah Well I did I, Being honest You're probably right About 22 years The last The last tournament I really enjoyed It was yeah, Euro 96 I thought that was great And you know Gaza doing the flick Over Hendry And the dentist chair And things I think that was 96 Wasn't it um, Beating Holland 4-1 And stuff like that I think I was um, massively interested in it then, but um, yeah, it's just, just gone over the years. And you're right, you know, Gareth Southgate seems like a decent guy, but I don't think it's something I'll get um, interested in. I don't, I don't know the reason. I hope they always win, but I
1: don't even know when the games are.
0: How have you um, set up, my coming back from international break? Have you had any injury scares or any late arrivals or anything like that?
1: No, I think we're all good. No excuses on, on that front. I think uh, Watford got a full compliment to uh, to choose from. Um, that. There might be um, there's a slight injury doubt over Will Hughes. I think uh, the, the midfielder who you guys might know a little bit about, yeah, uh, yeah. the former Derby player. Um, so I think there's a there's a doubt over him. And there's some news um, that that you guys won't have picked up on. it's it's made sort of big 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 news here in 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 the leafy home counties. But we've had this guy Penuranda for the uh, uh, Venezuelan sort of young starlet, if you like. But he's been kicking his heels at Watford, waiting for his work permit. Um, and that's finally come through. So I don't think he's going to feature against Liverpool at the weekend. But um, we've uh, we've added to our squad, and instead of uh, instead of losing uh, players, uh, which is good news.
0: Well, yeah, good news for you. Um, okay, Jay, we'll come back to yourself and just review before we go into obviously Watford. Um, you previewed the, the Fulham game on the last pod. Two um, 0 easy game. What did you make of it?
2: Well. <coughs> It was one of them type of games, as I said before, where really we needed to bounce back. We needed to get three points, obviously, because City, you know, they're a freak of a team, aren't they? And they had Manchester United later that day, but, you know, to put a little bit of pressure on them. But obviously we all expected them to beat United because this is a very poor Manchester United team. But I think, you know, we've just got to keep on winning and... Liverpool had not been playing well the previous games obviously we'd lost in the Champions League to Red Star Belgrade and we'd also struggled really against Arsenal. Me where I know we led for a lot for you know late into the game and then obviously the equaliser later on, but they were worthy of the point really. Weren't they? and you no know, Liverpool were poor in that game. I thought I know we had a few chances but Arsenal control the game which was disappointing really. And you know we needed to get three points pure and simply because we needed to get back on track and. It wasn't a great game, wasn't a great performance, really. I mean, you know, they're a poor side, but they actually performed quite well, I thought. In patches, certainly in the first half, and they could arguably have took the lead, and they had that goal, didn't they? ruled out for offside, and straight away Liverpool then went 1-0 off, you know.
0: 10 seconds later.
2: Yeah, it was so, so soon after, wasn't it? And, you know, a good finish by Salah, and... You know, it was a routine victory, and and you know people are going on saying they're the type of team that City will be five nil and six nil, and that's why the goal difference is so superior to ours. But I don't really think you can look at things like that. I mean, the way I try to look at it is this Man City team special. They're an absolute freak, as I've said, and we're only two points behind them. And Liverpool haven't really got out of second gear yet. We haven't been playing well this season. I mean, our Field has done quite well. It's the away performances that have concerned me quite a bit, really. I mean, I've just touched on the Arsenal performance there, where we really struggled. And I know Arsenal, were, were, the tails were up. They'd been confident because they, I think they'd won, like, what, 11, 12 games on the spin zone, one against Palace just prior to playing Liverpool. And, you know, they were obviously confident going into the game. But I still don't think, I'm not convinced by Arsenal, I still don't think they're a great side. They've got goals in the team, but like lack I said and Aubameyang. And, Ozil on his day he's very good, but the rest of the team for me, they still suspect at the back and we've seen that when we played them at the Emirates, you know, Liverpool, albeit didn't play very well on the night midfield we got overrun, we still created quite a lot of chances and could have scored three or four, which is, you know, just shows you that Arsenal is still not great at the back, but then other than that, you're looking at the other away performances and you know, I know we beat Huddersfield, but it was far from convincing. I think it was a poor performance, really. We were very lucky to get the three points earlier on in the season against Leicester away. You know, we were 2 up at half time, but Leicester dominated for like large parts of that game. And it's the midfield supremacy, really, where Liverpool are struggling in it, struggling in the middle of the park, really. And, you know, the Champions League performances have been poor, haven't we? Away to Red Star, Belgrade, away to, to Napoli, we were poor as well. And, you know, it's the away form that's really got me worried and concerned about things, but then the flip side to it all is, obviously we're not conceding goals, five in 12 games it is incredible really, isn't it? And as we've touched on already, Van Dijk, he's fantastic, Joe Gomez has had a great season so far, and Alisson, you know, we paid a lot of money for him and He's made one mistake, which we did. It didn't really cost us because we still won the game in Leicester. But other than that, he's made some really crucial saves as well. So, you know, this Liverpool team's playing completely differently, isn't it? To the way we, we, you know, obviously last season we were, and you know, it's just I don't know. I mean, the away games do concern me a little bit, and we've got some tough, tough away games coming up now, and it starts on Saturday against Wofford because you know when you look at the league table our next two away games in the league are against the 6th and 7th place teams which are Watford and Bournemouth so you know there there is tough games coming up and It was just important to. to, You've got to win all your own games, haven't you, and see what happens in the away game and try and pick up as much as you can on the road. But, like I say, it was good to get the three points against Fulham. It wasn't great, but, you know, if we would have beat them 5 0, what what would it have mattered? Because we've we've just had a two week break there for the international break. So it would have been pointless, really, anyway. All all that really, truly mattered was beating Fulham, getting the three points, and we move on. That's exactly what we did do.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't, I've got a feeling the league won't be decided on on goal difference. Um, I think even if they hit the nail on the head, really, we've got you know two points points behind you know this this freak of a team who's managed by the the current day best manager there is, you know, the most successful manager with the most trophies in the most countries. Um, is Guardiola and he's, he's put he's assembled the squad that's ridiculous. Um, the two points behind where they were last season, and we're two points behind them this season. And we're now saying, you know, our midfield isn't performing, our, our forward line hasn't got kicking off, and we haven't looked very good away from home. And I think we're in a fantastic position for them things to, to come together at some point if we just keep grinding out wins the way we do in issues. We never used to be able to do this, you know, to be able to go to places um, and win games when we, we were ugly. We, we were always playing really well and getting beat. So I think I prefer um, this Liverpool at the moment, but yeah, we'll 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 see how we how we keep getting on. But we do have to hit form because City look really formidable. Mike, just coming to you, you know Southampton one um, one was it a fair result? Um, I, I seen that Austin rant that it that it wasn't. For <laughs>
1: what were your thoughts? Um, I think Charlie Austin ought to have been careful about what he was was saying about VAR, because Watford had an absolute stonewall penalty some time before that that decision, and it would have seen uh, them down to 10 men as well. But I think, yeah, Watford's problem, guys, is that they don't take their chances. Um, The the, the, the game before that, they were away at Newcastle. Um, They were absolutely rampant in the first half and, and Watford should have been out of sight by by half time they weren't they didn't take the chances and, and Newcastle went on to nick it 1-0 um and then the same against Southampton really Watford looked in charge though the ones creating all the chances but again we missed them and um your old friend Gerard Delafay, who has been culpable he he's, he's missed a couple he's looked uh really sparky he's looked a, a, like a great a, a addition to Watford's side but in front of goal he's He's missed a lot and, and that's kind of been the, the story of Watford's season for the past month or so. Um, and you look at the table and you think, well, we're flying in seventh place and we are, we're happy with that. But I think you ask most Watford fans and you'd, we'd probably say we should have five or six points more um, just down to our lack of ability to to take our chances and and coming up against a team like Liverpool who you rightly say don't concede goals, it's a, it's a bit of a concern for this weekend. But you know, seventh place in seventh place in the table. We're, we're not going to complain at the moment,
0: Mike. What type? What type of team is Javi Garcia's side? You know, do you just play on the break? Do you absorb pressure? You know, he is four four two with wingers. What, what, what how will the team set up? And, and what do you what do you really look to do against against teams, especially the top teams at home?
1: So he, he has he started off four four two, and obviously we had that amazing start to the season. We won our first four Brilliant, games yeah, of the season, really which was incredible and well deserved as well including a, mm-hmm. a great win a come from behind win against Tottenham which was which was magnificent I mean, we were playing two up front then with with Troy Deeney and Andre Gray um causing trouble for defenses up front um you know it's not often you see a, a standard four-four-two, and a, it, it did well for us but the last couple of games we've reverted to to one up front um with Delefay sort of playing as a, a second striker uh and then a bit of creativity coming from Roberto Pereira as well, who's he's been welcomed back into the Argentina fold. He got man of the match for Argentina in the week. He's been he's been great for Watford. So I think they'll go back to four four two against Liverpool because I think we have to try and put you under uh, at least some pressure up front. And I think Andre Gray does that very well. He he works defenders, he moves them around, he he, he makes the runs and uh, and takes players with him that can can free up Deeney to to get in behind. And Pereira is. Um, is some player in, in midfield. You've got um, Decore and Etienne Capoue, who has performed incredibly under Javi Garcia. You'll, you'll probably re- remember him best for his, his days at Tottenham, but I think Etienne Capoue on his day is one of the best best midfielders in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, and with those two guys doing the, the grunt work, if you like, they look to transition quite quickly, You'd win the ball uh, and get forward quickly. Um, Pereira's capable of beating, beating a man or two, um, as you may have seen. Uh, and then Troy and Andre Gray, sort of good old-fashioned strikers up front who aren't afraid of a, a battle and a fight. Um, and they'll just uh, they'll get in the mix. So I think we've been called a physical side this season. And I think that's right. Um, they, we are tough. We, we we don't step backwards, which I think a, a club like Watford have to do. Um, but they're not afraid of, of moving the ball quickly as well. They've got some really serious ball players and um, they play some decent stuff as well. So I think it's a nice mixture of that sort of aggressive direct style but you got some you got some real footballers in there. Pereira in particular is, is is looking an absolute diamond this year.
0: Yeah, Pereira looks really um, I think it's one of them whereby not, not to jinx you with it, you know, I hope he can be bold and but if he carries on the way he is, I know I'm only a match of the day waffled watcher. But um if he if he if he carries on in that way he's obviously the de- de- destined for the top, if not in this league, in in another. So do, against Liverpool, do you think you'd go all out and play Deeney, Gray, Pereira, Delafeu all in one team?
1: I think it's unlikely that. Um, I think it's probably likely that Delafeu would drop to the bench okay. if uh, if we play four um, four two. And I think you'd see the midfield of Pereira, Decore, Capu, um, uh, and Will Hughes if he if he's fit. Um, but uh, he's another one that I think is vastly underrated. Will Hughes. He he looks slight. He still looks relatively young, but he's tough. He is really tough, and he can pick a pass. He can finish. Um, so I was quite encouraged to hear you guys saying that you were a little bit concerned about the the midfield sort of uh, not functioning at a hundred percent because I think that's where we're strong. And and having talked to a couple of Watford fans over the last couple of days about where we see this game being won and lost. I think if we can get a, a foothold in midfield, um, we, might be able to, we might be able to do something. Um, I, I do. I worry about Robertson and, and, and Alexander-Arnold getting forward and slinging balls into the box. I think their delivery is, is magnificent and we, we often come unstuck against uh, good balls in from, from wide. Um, but yeah, I think midfield is going to be really key.
0: Uh, be careful, you know. Will Hughes is a massive Liverpool fan. I'm sure he wouldn't mind rolling over for us to uh, <laughs> to get to the top of the league uh, above Manchester City, obviously. Um, just before I go over to Jay and, and obviously review our team, it's something that I honestly think about regularly. Is um, I look at Chelsea and I think, you know, what Abramovich has done there with you know he hires and managers at least every other season, and they still have tremendous success, and you never hear of it anywhere, really. You know, a Real Madrid and Barcelona side, but they—they they, well, not Barcelona because they build with it, a manager for a number of years. But Real Madrid have done it to success over the years with lots of money, but it never seems to work when you hire and fire managers. But for the Potter family, they've done really well, haven't they? Keep them Watford in the league, keeping them competitive while change a manager quite regularly.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a, it's a pretty impressive fact, I think. The Watford haven't been in the bottom three since we came up, what three years ago? This is our fourth season. That's a list. good start and, and we haven't been in the bottom three. And I think that tells its own story, doesn't it? Um, and I think Javi Grassi is about to sign a new contract. Uh, he's going to sign that next week. That'll be a three-year deal. And he's the first um, Pozzo-era, manager, Pozzo-era manager to sign a new contract at Watford. It won't surprise anyone to hear. But I maintain there is a good job. Up there for for someone you can make it your own. Um, there's no desire to keep changing the, the head coach. Um, it would have helped last year if your friends from over the road hadn't been uh, been on the phone to Marco Silver every uh, every 20 minutes. That, that we I think we thought we were set with Marco Silver until his his head got turned. Um, but I don't what think did there's you make any of him desire. Cause I know.
0: Well, I mean, I know Watford fans that said they didn't like the Silver era, which I found surprising. Cause I thought he was a good money. Yeah, they? I
1: think. It's, it's, it's you've got to be careful not to be too revisionist obviously the way it ended was was appalling i thought the way marco silva handled the whole thing was uh was disgraceful um but that said the start of the season watford were absolutely purring um they were playing some incredible football um Richarlison was was on fire we beat arsenal at home in in the last minute we were you know we were iron up the champions league spots for the for the first couple of months of the of the season and we were playing really really good football so when it was when it was good it was great when it was bad, it was horrid. Um, yeah. and I think he's, uh, he, he's got a bit of an ego. Um, I think there was, there were concerns that, um, how is his, his out, outward sort of, um, appearance, his work with the media was limited. He didn't seem happy to do, um, uh, to do extra stuff for, for the media, where if you look at how Gracia this year, he's done loads of stuff. And for a club like Watford, it's important that you put your, your best face out there. You need to work hard to get the media on side. And, um, when Marcos Silva went, um, there was no, uh, not too many tears shed, put it that way. But the start of the season, under him was, was terrific. Um, he, 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 play, he wants to play good football and he, he got us going. Um, and I think ultimately he'll probably do well for Everton, unfortunately, for you guys. No, don't want to hear that. <laughs> uh, Jay, does the,
0: does the Liverpool team pick itself? You no, know, Especially with this centre-mid, I think. you know With this centre-mid area, what, what are we going to do?
2: Well, I don't know whether it picks itself, I mean, I think defensively it does, for obvious reasons, in terms of we all know that the centre-half pair of Van Dijk and Gomez has got to be the way forward, and then, because of that reason, you've got to play Trent Alexander-Arnold, at right-back who hasn't had the best of seasons, really, to be fair to him, I know he's only a young kid, but he's been found out a few times in matches, and like I say, he struggled a little bit, and... The problem is, who do you play at right-back if you don't play him there? And the one that you'd go to would be Joe Gomez. But Joe Gomez has got to play centre-half for me because he, him and Van Dijk have been fantastic together. Obviously, Robertson's got to play left-back. You've got the keeper having your Allison. Alisson. Midfield's always the dilemma. You're going to always play your front three, aren't you? You're going to play, obviously, Mane, Salah and Firmino. So then it's your midfield three and what you do and what what you you're up for because... Liverpool lack creativity in the middle of the park and when the likes of Henderson and Milner and Wijnaldum are in there together there's not really much creativity mm-hmm. they all sort of do the same type of things don't they and you know if you throw in into the mix Fabinho as well again he's another one where he loves a tackle but he just, he's not going to create nothing for you he's going to you know, obviously put a challenge in here and there and try and set the tempo a little bit and break the play up and what have you, but he's not going to be the man that's going to create anything. So then you're looking at who have we got then that can come into the midfield area to, to create be a, a creative influence if you like and you know change midfield to attack. And this is the worry because we all love Oxlade Chamberlain because it just shows you now mm-hmm. see how much we're missing mm-hmm. him because you know last season he was fantastic. When he got his opportunity I think it was around about February onwards. He was fantastic, and now we're seeing how good this lad really is because we're struggling to to, to change midfield to attack, and it's not it's not as fluid as it was last season. So you look and thinking, well, we're going to have to it's either going to have to be Lolana or it's going to have to be um, Shakiri Now, I personally think Lolana's shots. I think them injuries that he's had have really affected them. I think his legs have gone really, and you know. I, I feel a bit sorry for the lad because eighteen months ago he he was superb, really. But I just think this team's it, it it's moved on from him now. It's evolved, and 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 unfortunately for him, I don't think he's good enough anymore. So you're looking at it now, thinking you've got to be given Shakiri game time. He's got to be given the opportunity to stamp his authority on this team and be that creative influence because we all know he's got he's got magic in his boots we all know what he's capable of I just think Klopp's a bit wary of his positional sense really you know, his discipline and I don't mean discipline in terms of like getting yellow cards or being sent off, I mean discipline in terms of the system that we use and the shape of the team mm-hmm. and I think he's a little bit concerned about that and um, hopefully you know, they've been working on things at Melwood in training and what have you because I do think it's important now that this lad gets his game and he gets, you know, he gets a games and and to prove what he can do because we all know. I mean, he is a creative spark. I mean, he scored a goal, a very good goal against Fulham. Other times when he's played, he's being he's being creative. But Klopp sees things that we don't see, and that's the problem. So when he doesn't he doesn't choose him to, you know, obviously start games. It's obvious, isn't it, that like something's not quite right. Really, yet for the system that Klopp likes to use. But you know, I think everyone is just wanting him to start games now and just prove him wrong a little bit and hopefully he will get his opportunities but, you know, there's a lot of games coming up now over this festive period. We've got two vital games in the Champions League as well so, you know, I'm sure he will get game time but I just don't think it does him any favours when he's in the team one week out beside the, the next. He needs to be given four or five games on the spin just to, to, to get a bit of momentum, a bit of confidence and show us what he can do because, you know where, the way I see it. What else have we got? I mean, he's changed system a little bit, hasn't he? To play a four-two-three-one at times, and yeah, certain players look good in that in in that sort of like system. But I think it's had a knock-on effect to the detriment of of, of Firmino. Firmino's had a poor mm. season so far. He, he, he dropped, he dropped deeper, su-
0: Firmino though, hasn't he?
2: Yeah, he doesn't suit the four-two-three-one yeah. system. It just doesn't seem to work for him. So we need to start bringing the best out of Firmino because last season. He, he was to me, he was fantastic. I mean, you know, he was the focal point of that team and the, the work ethic, the press from the front, and he, he led from the front, didn't he? And, and it's not really happened this season. So I think we need to get Firmino back in, in into it as well, into the swing of things, because you know, he needs a little bit of confidence. A couple of goals will do him the world's a good, but you know, get back to the way he was last season and. You know, Liverpool have played a different way this year. We've already spoken about we haven't conceded many goals, have we? We've won games ugly in an ugly manner, really. And, you know, it's refreshing because it's not what we're used to as Liverpool fans. Liverpool are used to, you know, controlling games and then you know playing quite well and then losing them, you know, like in times gone by. But last season was different. It was like a breath of fresh air, wasn't it? The football was scintillating at times, the attack on football, counter-attack on football putting three, four, five, six, seven past teams. It was incredible this season.s It's it's a bit different, isn't it? We you know we've give a few items out, but not like we were last season. We're not controlling games. Midfield is a big issue, I think. And you know we really need someone like a cater maybe to step up as well because he can do that. You know he can he's the the one that's like a more of a box to boxy type player and can be quite creative as well. And he just hasn't really settled yet, but. Sure, there's more to come from Naby Keita.
0: But, you know, we, and I, I completely agree with you. JB has to squeeze Shaqiri in there. But, we're, you know, that, I think you're right. Back four picks itself. Front three picks itself. The keeper, you know, bloody alley. Hopefully he's the keeper for the next 10 years. But um, that move, field three, is tough. I agree Shaqiri takes a place. But who are the other two? Because, you know, we're away from home. We can't be going. putting putting um, yeah, Keita in there as well as two attacking players, can we? It's one of them whereby even where you mentioned Fabinho, Milner, and Henderson and um, stuff like that. The ox was great at that, getting back and getting forward. And um, we probably get away with three defensive midfielders—not three defensive, but you know, Milner, Henderson, Fabinho situation. Because we're away from home, we can play on the break. I do want to fit your Canadian, but who do you play with him?
2: Well, I mean. I- I wouldn't play Fabinho pure and simply because I thought he was horrible in that game against Arsenal at the Emirates. He was really, really bad. He looked like a a fish out of water. He struggled and that's not me writing the lads off. I just think, you know, the game was too much for him and, you know, I do think Watford are a decent side. The table doesn't lie after 12 games. They're having a good season. It's going to be a tricky place to go and I I certainly wouldn't be starting Fabinho. So because Henderson probably isn't 100% fit, I'd probably have to go with Wijnaldum and Milner. And see, yeah. the thing with Milner, Milner had a great start of the season, but he got that injury, didn't he, just before the last international break against Man City? And then he just, I think he just he struggled a little bit in recent weeks for me. He's not really been, um, you know, back on it, like really, since that injury. I thought he struggled a bit, but the thing is, because he doesn't go away with the international teams no more, he's had two weeks at Melwood, hasn't he, training? So, I yeah, yeah he right he's got to be a shoe in I just need to start the game Um, and then like I say the other one I would start would be Wijnaldum so that would be my midfield three but it probably is a little bit of a risk like playing Shakiri. but we need that creative spark in the team because we need to bring this front three out of themselves a little bit because they, they, they can't really do it on their own they need a little bit of you know, they need some creative spark to help them a little bit. And I think Liverpool at times can become a little bit over-reliant on the full-backs in terms of Robertson and Tent alexander arnold giving us width and getting balls into the box. But that's not really Liverpool's game because, you know, it's not like we've got a big six-foot-two centre-forward, is it, to, to pump the balls into? I mean, it's it's got a little be a little bit more... You've got to be a little bit more cuter than that, you know what I'm saying? And I think we need someone in the middle of the park who can sort of, like, probe and so sort of like the little little bit of link play if you like and to me it's got to be Shakiri and it could be a little bit of a risk certainly away from home because you know as I say Watford can't take them lightly they're, they're a good side, so you know the the good in midfield as well DeCorey's a very good player and You know, I think, you know, this is the problem. You see, you've got to take risks, though, haven't you? You can't just go into a game and say, let's play them three midfielders and be dead rigid and try and see the game out 1-0. I know it's sort of, like, done well for us so far this season because, look, at the league table, we're two points behind City. We're second in the table, we've done well. But I just think, like, we need a little bit of creative influence there. And to me, it's got to be Shaqiri.
0: No, I agree. The, the, the tough one for me is, and I'll come to you, Mike. Is you know the tough one for me is uh, we, we've just said to you, and you said you are happy to hear it is we do we are weak in midfield, and so you think about um, you know Milner, a Wijnaldum, and Shaqiri midfield up against the Kapuwé, and Pereira. You know you're probably looking at the two and saying Wofford might be a little bit stronger there.
1: <laughs> it's really difficult because those guys are going to have to do a lot of defensive work as well. Um, you know our back line is. Shakey's—it probably does them a bit a bit of a disservice, but they're hardly um, household names. We've got Holobass at the left, who's he's a hot-headed um, South American, and you can get anything from him. Um, Craig Cathcart and Mariapa in the middle, and then it's probably going to be Kiko Fominia on the on the right. And and to be honest, they can be got at. Um, and this is this is Watford's stiffest test of the season by by a long shot. We we played Tottenham early on in the piece. We played Arsenal early on in the season when they weren't necessarily at at full speed so this is a real real challenge for Watford and I think they'll have an eye a real big eye on that on that front three that you were just discussing there and that's the thing that will not petrify it certainly petrifies us as supporters but they'll have a, have an eye on that because that mid those midfielders are going to have to have an eye on, on on their defensive duties as well and it's how much that um bogs them down if you like how much they're focused on on keeping Liverpool quiet instead of um trying to enforce themselves on the game and if they go into it positively um and are, and do their defensive duties well I think I think we can we can make inroads and you know decore on his on his on his on his day is a is a top six footballer Kapu, I believe is a, as well Will Hughes is, is going to be an England's international uh, and Pereira has played Champions League so there is quality in that in that midfield and if Liverpool aren't on their game then Watford will create chances. Make make no bones about it. Uh, they'll be confident. These are the sort of games that these players are looking to shine in. Um, they're all looking to you know. Let's let's be honest. They all want to move on from from Watford. Pereira didn't sign from Juventus to stay to see out his career in in Hertfordshire, right? So, uh, decore has got his eyes on on a move as well. And the way you get a move is you don't not by performing at uh, home to Huddersfield. It's about these big games against Liverpool, uh, your Man Cities, and that sort of stuff. So they'll be they'll have an eye on this um, but if if they're not at 100% or 95% then there is a real danger of what could get completely overrun
0: Yeah I, I, I don't see you as slouches at all I see you as a good side you know uh, it, I think the Klops you know, it's definitely in his top three, well his bottom three of worst games we've ever played and um, was quite catastrophic because you know um, you beat us a number of years ago but it, it wasn't just that you beat us it was, the, it was the manner in which you beat us it was like I think it was like 2015, and Klopp had only just come in, so it was about December time, um, and it was three nil, and it was we just showed nothing, and it looked like you could have won about six or seven nil because it was every attack that you played, um, you could have scored. So I've got horror, horror, you know, thoughts <laughs> about that. And then you know we, we drew three three the first game of last season, and when we won, you know, Emery chance scored that absolute worldy. That was one nil away. That was no by no means. You know, if that was a draw, we couldn't have complained whatsoever. You, you missed a few chances that game, so. If it was at home, you know we scored what is it? We scored eleven in the last two games against you, so I'm not conceded, so I'd be a bit more confident. But going into this, you know, I do think that with you not having any injuries, you do have a very strong midfield. Deeney's always an absolute menace, um, and Graves, you know, is a is a is a hard worker who likes to put defence under pressure. I think it is going to be a struggle for us. Just to wrap up with Watford, really, you know. Last season, what did you finish? Was it 12th or 14th? 14th, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, you're 7th you're, you're, you're at the moment. What's a successful season for Watford this season and what, what are you sort of expecting?
1: Well, I've said we haven't been in the in the bottom three since we came up for, the, for this stint, which, it, which is great. But the, the three seasons prior to this have followed a really worrying trend in as much as we've had a pretty good start um in all three of them and then after christmas or the new year our form has plummeted it's literally fallen off a cliff and we've gone from looking perhaps finishing top half or certainly comfortably mid-table to looking over our shoulders a bit so as as supporters what we're looking for is to avoid that and if we can get some sort of consistency into the new year then that will will be seen as a as a success um i think in, internally at the club, they'll certainly have their eye on, on the k- kind of position we're in at the moment. Um, if we, we can keep keep players fit, and um, stay out of um, suspension trouble, there's there's no reason that we can't establish ourselves in that sort of lower top half. Um, because these players, they're that good, lads. Quite frankly, there's no point trying to just get you know go under the radar or pretend that we're little old Watford because that's not us anymore. These are these are top class players. Um, and if they perform to their ability, there's no reason we can't can't hover around seventh, eighth, even you know a bit higher than that. Um like I said at the at the top of the show, I think personally we probably should have had five points more, which would have put us above Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of tells you everything you need to know about how we're feeling as supporters uh, as Watford. The the last two games have have stopped us short a little bit. You know, losing away at Newcastle, their first win of the season was um, was a bit grim. But the performance was good, um and similarly at southampton there was there was positives to take away from that, although we didn't get a, the three points that we'd have liked so you know everyone's buzzing and and to be perfectly honest as supporters we go into this looking at it as a bit of a free hit i mean honestly obviously we don't want to get pumped like we have done at Anfield the last couple of times, and we'll we'll be hopeful of of a good show, but if Watford lose this game, no one's going to be raising raising any eyebrows so as supporters we can go make a racket, get behind these guys who are performing well for us and uh and really enjoy it. Um, and as I said, if they if they perform to the top of their ability, they they're going to give Liverpool a real good game.
0: Yeah, I, I, do you know what? I, I think Wofford depending on what they do this. You know what what they do for the rest of the season and if they bring anyone in January, etc. I think the top five sort of decided. I don't know what order, but obviously, you know, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal. Are all you know? that's Arsenal on twenty four. Then it goes to Bournemouth in twenty points and six. Bournemouth will struggle there with the size of their squad and stuff like that. So that won't last. Man United look bloody awful. And there's you Everton and Leicester. And I think I think there's a challenge you're going to challenge with United for for the for the sixth spot. And uh, you know I, I don't you know I agree with you. What you say. it's that little old Watford and we should we should just be aiming to be in the Premier League. No, I think it should be a top ten, top eight finish that you should be aiming for because. You look at the squads of Everton, Leicester, um, and Wolves, etc. Well, Wolves have got a cracking squad. Are, you know, I, I, people think they're overperforming. I think they're underperforming personally. But um, you know, there's no, I wouldn't rather have Everton or Leicester's squad than yours. So or Bournemouth's squad than yours. So it's one of them whereby I think that you should progress. Um, I'm going go to go into a couple of little bits now, but just to get a, a bit of a prediction from you, Mike. I know you're going to have to be positive. So what, 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 what do you think? What do you think Watford and, and Liverpool will be? There's Sport,
1: goals. Mate. There's goals all over the shop. when we play play these days, isn't there? So I'm going to go yeah. for an, an entertaining game. I'm going to think Watford are going to hold their own. Uh, it's going to be two all, score draw. Ooh. Good one for the pools coupon.
0: I you know. What? I asked me make the same question today. The Liverpool fan. He said two two as well. So you're in good company there. Thanks a lot for that, Mike. Um, Jay, just coming over to yourself. You know, obviously I'm not normally on the podcast, but just a review of where we. Just so I know where you are. What what, what do you think of Liverpool this season? Um,
2: um, um, on what you think our our capabilities are? Well, as I said before, I mean, it's been a a strange season really because you look at the league table and you think, oh, we're second in the table we're two points behind this freak freak Man City team. But then, we must must have had a great start to the season. But, like I say, when it comes to your, your analyse, the performance levels, it hasn't really been the Liverpool that we've known for the last 12 months, has it? You know, we, we haven't been as free-flowing, we haven't been controlling games the way like we have done in the past, we haven't been as much of a threat, um, but then the flip side to it is we've been solid at the back, You know, teams don't hardly get that many opportunities against us, let alone score goals against us. and. When they do get an opportunity, we've got a very good goalkeeper between the sticks now, which we haven't had for, for such a long time, really, since the days of like probably when we first signed Pepe Reina. Because even when you look at Pepe Reina towards the end of his career, he, he went down a and as well, didn't he, really? And it was only the first couple of seasons I thought Pepe was outstanding. But really, since then, Liverpool have struggled, haven't they, to to find a a good goalkeeper. I mean, Mm. the the last couple that we've had have been absolute shockers, haven't they, really? And, you know, you're looking at it thinking, you know, you've got to analyse it and think to yourself, you can't not be happy because of the position that we're in, because, you know, everyone's screaming themselves about how good Man City are and they're just whacking everyone for fun and, I get that, you know what I mean? They are a fantastic team. There's no two ways about it. But, you know, Liverpool are two points behind them and we haven't really got out of second gear yet, have we? My biggest disappointment is the Champions League campaign because, you know, last season Liverpool terrified the life out of the European opposition. No one wanted to play Liverpool because that front three were just like incredible. The best front three in world football. No one wanted to play us. We were scoring goals for fun and we were just annihilating teams and this season, it's just not really happened. As it? it's been very disappointing. I mean, yeah, okay, we've won the two games at Anfield. You'd expect us to beat Red Star Belgrade, poor side, but then to go and lose two nil to them was was absolutely scandalous, really, and you know unacceptable. And, and we need to, we need to, they need to sort of like redeem ourselves when we go to Paris next week. Um, the game at Anfield against Paris saint man was was a was a good performance. You know, we raced into a two 0 lead and then they pulled one back, didn't they, just before half-time, second half, Liverpool were in control, you know, just couldn't get the third goal and then Mbappe scored late on and you felt a bit deflated, didn't you, because, you know, you thought Liverpool have just controlled the game against a very good side, here, stars to the players like Cianney, Mars, Mbappe, Cavani and, you know, all of a sudden we're 2-2 in a game that we should have been out of sight and then, we said before, didn't we, Firmino's had a poor season but he came off the bench in that game and scored a goal in injury time and it was just fantastic, the scenes were amazing you just thought, you know what another I know, I know fantastic Anfield European night and this is the fear now because we were awful against Napoli away, it was just the performances came out of nowhere really and that was the start really of, of some of these really poor performances away from home and you know, that, that night I know they scored an injury time winner against us, but we could not have complained if we'd have lost that game 3 0. You know, Napoli totally control the game. Liverpool just didn't get going. I think that we didn't have a shot on target, am I right in saying in the whole yeah, game? Yeah, yeah. The thing it's is we upset. were only we were only thirty
0: seconds away from having a, a fantastic Italian Champions
2: League Fair result. But then it does too. go yeah, it is, yeah, it's by margins. But then now we're looking at I've just said there about the Paris Saint Germain game and You know, that was a a, a memorable Anfield European night, and we might have to go for another one now against Napoli, where we could be in a position where we have to beat them by two clear goals. And if the first game in Naples is anything to go by, you know, it's a tall order, isn't it? Because they're a very good side and they've got an astute coach in Ancelotti, who's won the Champions League a few times, and, you know, it won't be an easy game at all. And we we could be looking at another miracle, couldn't we? So it's all things considered, it's a bit disappointing in that aspect because. I thought we might have kicked on a little bit from from last season because don't forget we hadn't been in the Champions League for a while and then we took to it like a duck to water, didn't we? We were fantastic and to get all the way to the final and you know just fail at the final against you know a star-studded Real Madrid side. You know there's there's no like discretion losing to a team like that. All things considered, but you know I just thought we might have kicked on this year and we're looking at it now where the potential for us to drop into the Europa League really and. You know, we've got a tall order. We've got a big job on our hands, really, and yeah, we could go to Paris and win Liverpool. That's the way Liverpool are. You know, we always pull it out the fire, but you know, you can't keep on leaving it to these type of moments where you need to produce a miracle, and that's what we might have to do. So, I'm a bit disappointed because of that aspect of it, but you know, we can certainly redeem ourselves. There's still games to go, isn't there And you know, I'm just looking forward to all these games now that we've got coming up.
0: Yeah, I, think, I, can, I can definitely sense what you're saying. Um, I think the Europa League would be an absolute travesty. I think that would be a disaster, if I'm honest. Um, I'd rather, you know, I, I think it's impossible now, but I'd rather finish fourth and go out to Europa all together um, because I think it'll hinder us so much because there's so many, you know, further field teams and stuff in that Europa League. And and it's a lot of games to win it. Um, the, the financial aspect even is is, is, is is quite rubbish. But yeah, you know, it's one of them. Um uh, before I come on to your prediction, Jay, um it's been a bit of well, a bit, it's been some massive news tonight that Savio Marni signed a new deal, at Liverpool, keeping him at the club till twenty twenty three. Um, I know you're thinking it's great news, but you know, what what are your thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, it's it's fantastic news because we did have fears, didn't we, that you know, there was yeah. all the talk that has had been changed, certainly by Real Madrid and Apparently, Zinedine Zidane really fancied them, but then obviously, when he left Real Madrid in the summer, you you were hoping that you know that would be gone now and brushed under the carpet and he'd sign a new deal. Because let's be honest, this contract's been on the table since the summer, by the way, so yeah. it's took a good few months for him to sign it. And there's been a lot of conspiracy theories about you know what's been going on, and his head's been turned, and you know, he's, he's being tapped up, and what have you. But, when you think about it, I mean, he's, he's going to be on parity, isn't he, with the likes of Salah and Van Dijk and Firmino. And that offer's been on the table. And the other talk was that, you know, it's all about winning trophies, you know, guarantees of winning trophies. And I know there's no guarantees in football of winning trophies, but, you know, if, if that was a reason why he stalled and delayed a little bit, then, you know, I understand to an extent because, you know, we all want to win trophies. We've been to three cup finals, under the Klopp, and lost every single one of them. And sooner or later... This entertaining football that we see, and you know, we're all made up. With Klopp as manager, no one's saying we want him replaced by anyone by any means. But the facts are, you need to start winning trophies, don't you? It's it's all right, like you know, being the nearly men, but you've got to start putting trophies on the mantelpiece, and maybe that's what he's he's thought. You know, I want to be playing in a side that's winning things, and you can't help him. You can't help, but but wonder if that is the case, then you can't blame the lads because, you know, obviously if you're a footballer, at the end of your career, you don't want to turn around and say, oh, yeah, I played in this fantastic team. We never won nothing, but I was on 200 grand a week or 180 grand a week. You want to be saying, well, I won this trophy, I won that medal, I won this, I won that, you know what I'm saying? So it is important to start winning things now. But what what's great is that he's signed a new deal for the next five years, We've got Salah on a new deal for five years. For me, I want a deal for five years. We only signed Van Dijk in January for was it six years, yeah. and we've also just signed a, a goalkeeper, Allison, um, for for the next five or six years as well. And there's also talk that um, Andy Robertson's going to put pen to paper on a new deal as well. So you know, when you think about it, Andy Robertson's been a sensational sign and probably the best left back in the Premier League. So the nucleus of a fantastic side there, and also Naby Keita, who we keep on saying, when we signed him in the summer, we couldn't wait for this lad to sign, we thought he was going to be a beast, he was going to tear the Premier League up, and he's been very disappointing so far, but but that doesn't mean to say we're giving up on the lad, I think he's got a massive future, and once he settles at the club, there's another one to throw into the hat as well, so there's five or six players there for the next five years. But the future certainly looks bright at Liverpool. And yeah, I'm over the moon. That's how the is going to stay.
0: Yeah, it, it, just just to echo what you said, uh, one of Marnie's comments tonight's been it's, it's a great day for me. And I'm looking forward to everything and helping the team to help the club achieve our dreams and especially to win trophies. So, you know. I think that just echoes, you know what 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 you've just said is, you know, easier to win trophies. It's a short career for these guys, and uh, and I think the, the the measured by by winning trophies. I always go back to, you know, do you know with Klopp, um, fantastic manager, and we love him to we love him to bits, don't we? We we won't hear anything said about him. So imagine he'd won them three finals as well. <laughs> How much more he'd be adored? It, 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 I don't think he could be, but
2: it'd just be absolutely crazy. Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, you know, you would swap. <clears throat> Any other manager, because I mean, it's easy to say, "Oh, we'll swap him for Guardiola." Do you know what I mean? But the, the difference is, I mean, I think Guardiola shoots what he's doing, you know, with, with Man City because he's got unlimited funds, really, to buy whoever he wants. Yes, the, the football that he is fantastic, but with Klopp, it's different, isn't it? You, you know, no matter what anyone says, I mean, Liverpool, yeah, of course, they like, spend money, but what you've got to analyze is. Yeah, we might have spent 75 million pounds on Van Dijk. We might have spent 65 million pounds on Alisson. But don't forget, we got 140 million pounds off Coutinho. So, Liverpool do still sort of like sell players as well to fund some of these deals. So, really, I don't know whether someone like a Guardiola would come into Liverpool and be able to do what Klopp's done, if you get where I'm coming from, because it's a yeah. slightly different way of, of working, a different like way of. of you know, you're going to a total different setup of a club. You know, the way City are, it's just like they're in a league on their own, aren't they? in terms of what their affordability, what they can spend on buying players and paying wages? We've just spoken about there all the new players, Liverpool, all the new deals for the players Liverpool have got, and you're talking, virtually all of them are on around about 180 grand a week. But when you look at Man City, They've got players on 250 and 280, with the likes of Aguero and Silva and De and, you and know, obviously the, the, they sign £50 million pound players all the time. They've probably signed 10, £50 million pound players when you look at Laporte, Stones, Mendy, um, Mahrez, and Kyle oh, Walker. Walker. Yeah. But you look at it as well, as, <clears throat> and my
0: friend said this well. today, my friend said this today: is you know you look at all our top players, and you know, we're talking like oh one sixty, one eighty, which is a phenomenal and a disgusting amount of money. But you know you look at Sterling's just gone to three hundred grand, they reckon, and um, they've yeah. got more players on two hundred grand than uh, over two hundred grand than we've got over one hundred grand. So you know it is a level playing field. But Charlie. Uh, I'm not saying it like that. It, it, what it is it's a di- as you said, it's a different club and it's a different way of working. Um, as you have said, we've got so many players. You can add in Shakiri and all that on these great long deals, and it is a nucleus for clubs to go and work as magic. And I think once they do get one cup and they are successful in one final, I think that's when the cups will come. Um, just to finish off, Jay, what 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 what's your feeling on the what, the away? I know it's not an easy game. What what what
2: what do you think the score will be? Yeah, as I said before, I mean I think it's. Um... It's obviously a tricky game. If it was at Anfield, you'd feel a lot more confident because that's where we've been performing better. Because away from home, we haven't been performing at all. And you know, Watford have done well this season. As I say, they're right up there, aren't they? and they've, they've got a, quite a lot of points on the board. And they were unlo- They've been unlucky in some games that I've seen them playing as well. And don't forget, they have beaten Tottenham this season, so they've, they've, beaten, they've got they've took a scalp this season, haven't they? And I remember they played uh, United at home, and they were unfortunately to lose that game. So. You no, know, it's not an easy place to go, but I still go back to it and I reiterate if Liverpool want to be considered genuine title contenders and, and you know push Man City all the way, then we've got to be going to Watford and winning and that's no disrespect to them. We've got to go there and get the three points. And you know, I'm just hoping and praying that Liverpool's best away performance this season came on the back of an international break in September when we went to Wembley against Tottenham caught them cold a little bit and beat them 2-1 and it could have arguably been 4 or 5 I'm looking at this now thinking hopefully we can sort of like replicate that similar type of performance and you know stamp our authority on the game a little bit against Wofford and yeah they've got good players there's no two ways about it they've got players who can hurt us as well but I do think this is a game Liverpool have got to be winning I do expect goals because you know that tends to be the case when we play I mean we beat them as a 5-0 last year in the league, 6-1 the season before was it, and then also, we drew 3-3 on the opening day of the season, wasn't it? When Marco Silva, the Everton manager now, the manager, so you know I'm looking at it thinking, it tends to be goals, Mo Salah tends to have a field day as well against them because he got four in the Anfield game, he also also scored, didn't he, in the first game of the season, and missed a couple of sitters, if Mm. memory serves me right, Mm. um, as well. We could have had a hat-trick that day, so uh, you've got a fancy Liverpool to go there and get the three points. And I do think there'll be goals, though. But I'm going to go for a three-one Liverpool victory. Um, yeah, I,
0: I do agree. I think uh, I just think that talking about goals, I think that we are finding them hard to come by. International break, you know, I went to Spurs away game and we were we were absolutely terrific. You're right, we could have won five-one quite easily. They shouldn't have scored at the end. It was it was a lucky. Um, flip back to who's um, the Argentinian lad that scored for that? Lamella. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I'm going for the same score as the Tottenham game. I think we'll win 2 um, 1. So sorry about that, Mike. Um, Lads, listen, I, I, haven't, I haven't done a podcast for, for a long, long time and it's been, never mind host one. So I'd just like to say thank you to both Mike and Jay um, for for going easy on me today, making it such an easy podcast to, to, to host. Um, and thanks for that, guys. Um, on this week's show, we have Liverpool's T Street Band as the song I'm going to play for you, and it's called Giving It Back. Thank you for listening.
2: to fire up the grill
1: time to go to total wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers
2: oh i love their beer cooler
1: <laughs> you love their prices even more
2: wondrous selection helpful guides ridiculously low prices total wine and more 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more
1: oh that's a cheer we used to do in softball uh
2: what it's uh actually geico whenever
0: someone hit a triple we would wave our bats and yell 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more